the importance of not being distracted. To understand the word, to understand how it works, and the outcome. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you for your goodness to us. And um, may you be glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. Amen. Well, when we talk about this, uh, Satan is a very, ex- very experienced and skillful in his battle with believers. You know, a lot of times they say, uh, years ago, this guy by the name of uh, Flip Wilson said, the devil made me do it. Uh, the devil didn't make you do anything, okay? Um, so when we talk about Satan's attacks, then a lot of times we think it's because of um, uh, individuals or God will use, uh, uh, Satan will use some of his minions to do this to you and do that. And you think that you're in a battle because you're going through all of this. And that's why I first want to clear up some things. You're giving Satan, Satan too many uh, props here. Plus, we're not looking at all the ways that he works. So I'm going to walk you through some, some lines. Then we're going to do a case study as we talk about this whole idea of distraction. There is, there is the extrinsic, the outer attack using the physical world. There's two ways that Satan will attack you. Uh, those who would live righteously shall suffer what? Persecution. So, so you have that going on. Then the next thing is there's the intrinsic, the inner attack Focusing on the control of your mind to keep it out of the will of God. I mentioned to you before that the whole Bible is based on one thing. Whoever controls the person controls the mind. And that's why you find all through scripture, if you just, if you just did a, a run on just the word the mind, you know, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the thought not robbery. Each time you see this, so thou, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind, all through scripture says mind, because what's in your mind will control your actions. So Satan goes where, where the most power is. Everybody with me so far? God has given us the responsibility to protect the way we think. With the empowerment of God, we are the protectors of our mind. We are the what? You are responsible for what you think. And you think on the things you look at and hear. But once you permit Satan to get into your mind, once you invite him into your mind, then that's when you run into some very serious problems. So, the command, Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, the conflict. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of the darkness of authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. This is the ESB version. Against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. The course of action, Ephesians 6.13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, in the evil day. And having done all, do what? Stand. Stand. I think it's so important because defining the term, anything that takes you from the will of God must be quickly and effectively addressed. Anything that takes you, you must effect, don't think about it, don't waver on it, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Um, It is uh, deceptive. It is damaging. 
It's dangerous. It's devastating. It's, it's the, uh, the uh, disruption. We look at disruption. Uh, then it's a destroyer. When we look at all of these things that's going on, all the distractions are not evil. It's where it's positioned in the will of God or our own agenda. You see, the word distraction, when they say be good etymologists, when we talk about distraction, the word distraction is not evil. It's where it's placed. It's where it's placed. Because when you look at um, the Lord distracted Moses. Remember that? And Moses said, oh, a bush is burning. You know, I wonder why. And the Lord used that distraction to, to pull him in. You see? So then... God, if God used distraction, then it, this, there's no uh, evil in, with God. There's uh, no darkness with our Lord. So then when we talk about distractions, then the Lord will use it to distract us to, for his purpose to get us to do something. Okay. But we're dealing with the other part of it. Not when God distracts us, when Satan distracts us. Now that's when we run into very serious problems. That's when we get in serious trouble. And let me ask you a question. Have you been distracted this week? Now, it could have been a small thing, you know. Uh, I was working at my desk, and, um, and now as, I, as I was working on my desk, uh, this piece of paper was supposed to be over on the other side. Now, I'm working on something important, but all of a sudden, I said, you know what? I need to move this over to, the, with me, the, or, this, thing is, this thing is crooked. Let me just pile this over here and pile this over. The next thing you know, I said, man, a half an hour is going by because I'm working on my desk, and then I look behind me. So the thing that I should have been writing down, I was distracted. And guess what? When you're distracted, a lot of times you don't feel beaten up, you know? You don't feel drained. You're just distracted. Or baby's crying. Ah! A lot of times I run across babies crying, and uh, I'll walk up to them while they're crying. And I'll, give, I'll, I'll grab one of the tears and say, mm, boy, that is really good. And the, and the child, and the child uh, cried a little bit more, and I said, and then I play like I'm eating it. And said, mm, mm, that is so good. And the baby stopped crying because the baby was saying, wait a minute. Uh, that's not what my tears are for. You know, it's not designed, you know, to function that way. I distracted the child. How many times you've been distracted? Many of, the, many of the accidents that we have on the highways are folks with their cell phones. Someone texting them, and they, they look down just for a second, boom, distraction, distraction. The list shows the effects of distraction outside the will of God. Then I talked about to get Moses' attention, God uses the distraction, a burning bush. Thinking it through, distraction that acts outside of the will of God reveals the level of our obedience and maturity in Christ. When a believer becomes disciplined, I never have seen a disciplined person become distracted. If you're in the Olympics, your mind is on, if you're an uh, Olympiad, and you're in, whether it's in track or whatever the case may be, you, I mean, that's all you think all the time. Even if you are a musician and you're practicing, you practice and you think all the time you you think and you you avoid anything that keeps you from your goal then somehow we come down to christianity and we can just float over here and float over there and when we get the glory god's gonna say well done my good and faithful servant excuse me 
when you are disciplined, it shows that, so that it shows your maturity in that area. So I outlined for this morning, consider the case study of a prophet of God who chose to disobey God. It, it wasn't an accident. He didn't stumble. and Nobody stumbled in disobeying God. It's always a thought, then understanding, and then the wisdom whether they do it or not. So we, we find his command from God, from the Lord, his choice to listen to another voice, his condemnation and death by a lion. Let's do with his command from the Lord. First Kings 13, 6. And the king said to the man of God, entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and, and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me and the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. Now, let me give you some background real quickly. This is Jeroboam, one of the wickedest kings in Israel. And what happens is that um, the man, does, he's not even given a name. Okay, this is the man of God. That means a whole lot. And whenever the man of God give you the word, God's word is powerful, I don't care how short he might be or whatever kitchen. Whenever a man, the man of God give you the word, you need to hear that word. You need to receive that word. And so here the man of God has uh, confronted Jeroboam. And he said to him, it's over. There's a young man that's going to come up and he's going to set everything right. And Jeroboam, was, he was so angry at the man of God that he reached out to get hold of him. And that's, that's what that all of a sudden the Lord stopped his hand. And when the Lord stopped his hand, um, that's when he asked, please pray for me. Okay, so, so he turned around. He was gracious, see. And, uh, and he, 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 so he restored him and became as it was before. Now get this. And the king said to the man of God, who was getting ready to grab him, come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. Now, that's suspicious in the first place. But watch the context of, text of it. Watch how much he remembered. Here's what he, he remembered. Let's read it together. And a man of God said to the king, you will have your house. I will not go with you, and I will not eat bread of your drink water in this place. Not because he was angry. Why? For so was it commanded by me, by the Lord, Lord saying, you shall neither eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the way you come. You should, what's the first thing? You are not to do what? Nor, nor, you got, it, you got that now? Does he have that down? Didn't he tell the king? Say, I'm, I'm, I don't care what, you give me half your kingdom, man. Hey, I got it down. God, I, I mean, I know what the Lord's telling me to do, you know. Told me not to eat bread or drink your water and, and, and not to go the same way. I'm out of here. He told the king off, boy. He, he, that's, the, that's the man of God. You know, I, I can hear the word. Matter of fact, it got back to somebody else. But it was saying, wow, that person really stood on the word of God. Praise God. He's, he's a guy that does what God wants him to do. Well, you have the players. You have the man with the word. 
you have God who gave the word that somebody that's very subtle that you don't hear, and that's Satan. Watch this. And he went after the man, the challenger of God, and, and found him sitting under an oak tree. Now, I jumped down some because what happened is the sons heard about it. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And what did he say? And he said, I may not return with you or go with you, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. Well, he got it down. It's clear. Praise the Lord. The man has really, has real clear. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way you came. Three times is mentioned. He told the, the prophet, what happened was there was a prophet, an older prophet that sent his son. They heard about what he did. He said, well, had that man come down to me, you know. And so he said, you know what, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to go in and get him and I, I have him come to my house. So after the word of his sons told him that he went to meet the prophet. When he went to meet the prophet, this is what the prophet said to him. What is it that the Lord told you to do? And you know it. You know what? Satan is not struggling with whether you know it or not. Uh-uh. He doesn't approach you because you are ignorant. You're smart. You're well known. You know God's word. But remember the conjunction with a function. Whenever you know God's word and you don't obey him, that, there's, there's a problem. Observation. God's command should never be a suggestion to consider, but a command to obey. The, the Lord didn't say, I suggest that you go another way. He said, go another way. Whenever, Lord, Lord, whatever the way the Lord have told you to go, you can rest on, number one, protection. Number two, you fulfill your, it's obedience. All the things, all of the blessings that we follow when the Lord says, go this way. And all of us know we are to study God's word. We are to do this. We know it. So the question is, why don't we do it? In part two. He chose to listen to another voice. Remember, it was a choice. First Kings 13, 18. And he said to him, I also am a prophet, as you are. And the angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord. Said, bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. What were these last five words? But he lied to him. Whenever you hear something that's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie. I don't care how intelligent, I don't care what their positions are, I don't care how much, they, how many uh, um, um, letters they have behind their names. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie. Remember the plumb line? The plumb line says, here's where it is. Anything apart from that is a lie. Do you know the thing that, that mess up marriages and everything else? That the core that mess up marriages is not what a mate does. 
So when, when individuals come in for counseling, I don't think that this person did this and this person did that and I felt this and I was hurt. That has, that's in the physical. Remember what I keep telling you about the two circles? The small is the physical. The big circle is the spiritual. You have to violate the big circle in order to hit the physical circle. Anything that goes wrong and you have everything, then I, my first thing I look at is what caused it. And it's always 100%. Somebody didn't, uh, did not listen to God. Now, I know this sounds like a, ra a rabbit trail, but please bear with me. I was um, talk talking to the married couples about love. And we used to say, I love you. But then we talked about the different types of love. The, the, there's four Greek words for love. Uh, the eros, the phileo, uh, uh, the uh, storge, and then agape. Well, the uh, uh, phileo and, and storge and, and um, let's see, eros, uh, these, these three operates and agape covers it all. In other words, it's all in the pot. Whenever you take it out of the pot, then it becomes erotic, pornography, and everything else. In the pot, then you always believe all things and hope all things and do all things. Why? Because the grace of God keeps you. So when a person says, I love you, it, by grace, then whatever you do, it'll never, it will never stop me from loving you. You'll never get God to ever stop loving you. He'll love you until, until you die, but he still love you. Because God is love, not does love. He is love. And everybody in, in God, that's what. See, that's why it's so important then that when God who loves you and he tells you to do something and you don't do it, now we got a problem. We got a problem. Let me go back a little bit here. So he went back with the king. <laughs> what did the Lord tell He went back with the king ate bread in his house, and drink water. Now, we all read how many times he knew it. He told other folks. He told the king, you know. He told the prophet. And the prophet, is, the prophet used five words, and he left everything to go back with the prophet. I'm scratching my head. Why would you listen to this man? And, he, and guess what? Satan used something that's very familiar. And he said, I'm a prophet too. Praise the Lord, brother. He said, you are? Yeah. And you know what? And the, and the, and the angel spoke to me. And here's what the angel told me. You know, you both of us prophets. You know when the angel talked to you. Listen, here's what the angel told me. The angel told me to bring you back to my house so that you can eat bread and drink water that you can fellowship at my house. And guess what? He didn't even challenge it. He did not even challenge it. Listen carefully. When, remember, the word, Hebrews talk about the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the sunder of the sword and spirit of joints and morals, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Whenever you use the word of God, it is powerful. And you know what God says? My word will not come back to me void. We, when we use the word of God, it, it will, I mean, it, it has dynamic power. He chose not to go by the word of God, but the words of this prophet. 
That's the problem. His choice of disobedience immediately exposed him to an environment that was deceptive. The next, destructive. The next, damaging. The next, dangerous. Question. What did the word of God tell you to do? And you, you've been... Uh, and you've been, uh, uh, and have you been obedient? Uh, uh, words, uh, word, cross that out. What did the Lord tell you, and you were not obedient when it came down to the word? Do we think that God is playing games with us? God tells angel, will tell an angel, do this, and the angel, okay. God tell a bird to go over here. God tell a believer, go next door. Why, Lord? You know the person next door. I mean, see what I'm saying? I mean, somehow, why is it that we will obey and respond to everything? Everything responds to God but us. But you know the beautiful thing about it? He still loves us. He might whip your scientifically glutus maximus, but I tell you, he still loves us. His loving us will not let us go and do what we want to do. And so he went the other way. And going the other way becomes the part three. His condemnation and death by a lion. Distraction opens the door for disobedience and the consequences can be devastating. Let us consider and remember the results of his choice to disobey. The declaration. And as they sat at the table, the word of God came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus said the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment that the Lord your God have commanded you, but have come back and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. You're not going home. I'm going to punch out your lights. This other prophet said, I'm a prophet too. He said, prophet said, here's a word from the, here's a, here's a real word from the Lord. You're not going home. Eat your bread, drink your water, and everything else. You are not going home. The destruction. The king, after he had eaten the bread, the first king, uh, 1323, after he had eaten the bread and drunk, he settled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And the king, as he went away, uh, and as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion also stood beside the body. The lion said, I'm not to you, donkey. <laughs> I'm after God gave me a Simon. I got a prophet to take out. Now, I want you to notice something, though. It didn't say he was attacked by the lion and he died. Notice the severity of this. It says, 
As he went his way, the lion what? Met him on the road. Look at these verbs. And what did he do? Killed him. Okay. All right. So by, by that time, you should go on to another verse, right? No. Watch this. And his body was what? Thrown on the road. Wow. I mean, this, you, you're going to see this over and over again. The body was thrown on the road. I mean, it's bad enough that he was dead. But the body says, God says, I want you to kill him and throw his body on the road. Wow. Um, now, nobody, nobody around ever didn't know that he was thrown on the road. But at least we know that this verb, he was thrown on the road. There's a viciousness there. That the lion, and uh, I, I think it's important when we talk about the lion and, and get an idea of, of what he's all about. But this lion, we will find. And behold, a man passed by and saw the body thrown in the road. And the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the, old, where the prophet lived. You see those, uh, those canine teeth? That was enough to kill him, to tear him apart. Nobody walked away and said, ooh, I had a lion bite. No, he took your arm if you did anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But the lion caught him, killed him, and threw him on the road. Said something else, too. The details. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard of it, he said, it's the man of God. Oh, he still had his title. Uh-oh. Who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, settle the donkey for me. And he settled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road. Didn't say he found him dead. His body thrown in the, in, in, in the road. He said, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body nor torn the donkey. The lion said, I was told to do a job. So there's a guy coming down, the Lord says, kill him, and then throw his body on the road. The lion obeyed the Lord. Here is the man of God, and he says, because you disobeyed me, you're going to die. He was distracted by something that is familiar. The person says, I'm a prophet just like you. There are some things that will distract you because you're familiar with it. But what did the Lord tell you to do? That is critical. That is dangerous. Second Kings 13, 29. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid him on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. Oh, he went to a place, but not his place. He was buried, but not where he should have been buried. He died, what the worst place? He died 
outside of the will of God. It's one thing to uh, die in the will of God. There's a hallelujah. But when you die outside of the will of God because you were distracted by something that was familiar and you knew it was wrong, that is very deliberate. And the Lord says, I will not tolerate that with my children. You know, that's the Old Testament. Let me care listen carefully. When the Lord tells us something, he, he repeats it and, and reinforces it in the New Testament. Okay, he does not play games when it comes down to the word of God. I hear what other guys are doing in the ministry and saying in the ministry. And I keep remembering that plumb line. And this keeps reminding me that there's something we need to learn from this. <laughs> I want you to repeat that to me. He was dispensable. And understand something, when you decide not to obey God, he'll always love you. Oh, he could use you for great, uh, with great things, but you know what? You are not indispensable. Samson will tell you that. Man, I killed a lion, I took foxes and ran them through the field, boy, I was, you know. But what did the Lord tell you to do? You're a Nazarite, what are you supposed to do? And you told the lady your secret. Now your eyes are put out and you're in between these two pillows and you die that type of death. But God will rise up another person don't have to be strong but do a mighty work. None of us are indispensable. None of us. One last thing. Let's read together. This prophet was faithful in declaring the word of the Lord. But he was disobedient and condemned by the God he served. He was not killed by the king. He didn't die of physical uh, illness. You know, the Lord could have given him a stroke, right? Why did the Lord use a lion? The Lord, the, the Lord was gracious too. The, the Lord waited until he got on his donkey. And then decide to go home. And the Lord says, it's over. When you are distracted from the word of God, there's always danger that you face. Always. And so my, my prayer this morning, as we look at this, um, this whole idea of distraction, Distraction is only one of the word, ways that Satan does it. When we talk about the wiles of the devil and the fiery dots, that's only one of the dots. Distraction. We'll deal with a few others, but he'll use some of those dots. And he said that's why we have to have the shield of faith to quench, to put out all of the fiery dots. Now, this word fiery means they're on fire. It's more to see that the, the dots were not only to kill you, but to burn you. And so it says in, in battle, they would shoot these arrows and what have you, and these fiery arrows would go up. And they had a certain type of oil or whatever to put out that once it hits the shield, it'll put the fire out and protect you from that it going even further. So the shield of faith, put it up there. 
And God tells us, don't use anything else. And other folks saying, oh, I heard about the shield of faith. But I looked at five things that you can do to have peace of mind. The Lord said, but the, field of, the shield of faith, and after done all, stand there. But I know Jesus also. And my life has been blessed. Keep your shield of faith up. And you decide to listen to what is not consistent with the word of God. And you go down. If just a few people hear me right now. Because here's, here's some of the reasons why. When he was successful, the old prophet knew about his success. That's why he saw See, when you're successful with the Lord, the word gets around. And when you're outside of the will of God, there's a lot of folks who know you outside of the will of God. You, as an individual, affect other people that I'll never know. And God is saying, here's what I want you to do. Do this, do this, and do this, and don't go any other way. And you, and you have memorized the verses. Boy, you're good at memorizing verses. Folks pat you on the back because you memorized the verse. But it's more than memorizing the verse. It's doing the word of God. James says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. Well, you've been patient. My, my prayer is that the Lord says something to you. It was just one word to just kind of stir your thinking. That's my prayer. And if God have um, kind of challenged you in a way because you've been somewhat distracted by the familiar, that you have not been doing all that the Lord has been telling you to do, I would like to pray for you. If you're that person that God's been speaking to you in that area, you see, because Sooner or later, it's going to show up. <laughs> it's going to show up. So the first thing you, you do is don't lie to yourself. Say, Lord, there's some things that have distracted me from doing what you told me to do. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, thank you for the saints. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. We are against a formidable fold. And this fold, Lord, that wants to take us out and destroy us. It's only by your grace. And the whole idea is that you said abide in me and I in you. Abiding in you, Lord, that's where we have the power. That's where the victory is, in Christ. I thank you for... Uh, one that would respond to what I just said. And Lord, I hold the individual up and pray, Lord, that you will begin to um, strengthen and, and encourage so that they will, as they get closer to you, they will not be distracted. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A brief afterthought, and that is that um, in the races, that's why they put blinders on the horses. Because they are very sensitive. And so, the, so that the horses can stay and keep their eye on the goal. They put the blinders on. 
so that the other horses will not distract them. And so my prayer is that you will be a person that's not distracted. Let us stand for the last uh, song, please. <laughs> 